This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same-game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. The Medicare annual election period deadline is almost here. I'm Meredith Vieira, here with examples of people who started their search for coverage at MyHealthPolicy.com. Meet Larry. He likes doing things online, so he started at MyHealthPolicy.com. I took my time and found the coverage I was looking for, and done. Next is Mary. When she wanted answers, she picked up the phone. I wanted a local perspective on plans, so I called MyHealthPolicy.com and done. Switch to a better plan. And Michael. I met with a local licensed insurance agent face-to-face and done. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to compare top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including $0 premium plans, or call 1-800-GO-START. That's 1-800-GO-START. Meredith Vieira is a paid endorser. KF Agency operates MyHealthPolicy.com, not connected with or endorsed by the U.S. government or the federal Medicare program. A licensed insurance agent may call. Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. When people ask, Regina, do you like to compete? I say, bring it on. Those are the moments that drive you to achieve more. And when you win, you keep reaching higher. To me, that's what the Cadillac Escalade represents. It's always evolving in technology, in design, everything. Because success isn't the end. It's just the first step to what comes next. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. You know what I want? <laughs> I want to talk to you. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your Samson Folk, and I'm here to recap for you the Raptors' third preseason game, three of four. And they lost 105-91 to the Chicago Bulls. The Bulls, of course, running out. They're very exciting, very intriguing, and talent-laden starting lineup. Thomas Sadoransky, um, Zach Levine, Otto Porter Jr., Wendell Carter Jr., and Laurie Markinen. A lot of talent there, a lot of high draft picks. And I, I think it was really exciting to watch them. And it was clear that there was a talent disparity from early on. The Raptors, for their part, starting OG Ananobi, Terrence Davis, Chris Boucher, Patrick McCaw, and Malcolm Miller. Of the guys that I perceive to be interesting, everybody except for Patrick McCaw of that starting lineup. Chris Boucher is an interesting guy going forward. OG Ananobi obviously is what I think he'll be the starting three when we kick things off against the Pelicans this season. Terrence Davis, I think there's a lot of people who view him in the same light as Fred Van Vliet was with the benefit of knowing how good Fred Van Vliet became. So even more so than Fred Van Vliet had when he was, you know, betting on himself in the early years of his career. And Terrence Davis might even get more benefit from the fans and a bit more potential look because of what Fred has done and just the way the NBA has been going, the Raptors development has been going 
a lot of the hard work has been paid off for guys like Fred Van Vliet, Pascal Siakam. The grassroots have been put in there. So Terrence Davis, he got the look. Chris Boucher, like I said, pretty interesting. Patrick McCaw, I like he's a really good, energetic defender. He's very wiry on defense. He's very athletic as well. He's a quick athletic, but I think he gums up the offense too much, and it's just tough to see him operating in a sound NBA offense. So I don't see him as a very big piece going forward. However, Malcolm Miller, I think, is, although he doesn't have the same skill and athletic gifts that guys like McCaw have, or Stanley Johnson, or Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, Malcolm Miller has honed his craft with his stingy defense and honestly his very quick, very accurate three-point stroke, and I think he projects well as an end-of-bench piece who will come in in games sometimes. He'll hit a three from time to time, and he has size at his position. He's long at his position, and he'll guard there. So the Raptors, you had that starting lineup going out against this very, very talented lineup for the Chicago Bulls, and the Raptors, they did well early on. It was kind of helter-skelter, the same way that Pascal Siakam was causing a lot of disruption and chaos in the Houston Rockets defense in that first game in that opening quarter. For preseason game one, I think there were similar things we were seeing from OG Ananobi. In this game, more so than anything else, I think people were gleaning things from OG Ananobi for what next year, this upcoming year, is going to be for him because he was operating as the focal point of the offense. And he won't be the focal point of the offense in this year, but you just want to see where his skills are. His ability to take guys off the dribble, maybe see a pull-up, things of that nature. And it was really... It was a mixed bag from OG in this one in that there were so many things to like and maybe most of all was the mindset that he had because he did push himself to keep going at the Bulls defense even when his skill set and his balance and his footwork doesn't support his ability to do that stuff but he just he rumbled to the rim man he did his best to get there and put pressure on the defense and he had a couple of really nice drop-off passes, and he was he was creative in the lane, more so than we've seen. I think he did a really good job playmaking going downhill. He was really, really clumsy when he was rumbling downhill, but he put Markinen on his butt. He got past Markinen twice. He spun on Thaddeus Young, and as Blake Murphy pointed out on Twitter, Ananobi was part of Thaddeus Young's AAU team, so that's a cool moment for him to score on him but he was had his back against Thaddeus Young on a spin move that was his first point of contact it wasn't the shoulder like we usually see or the forearm we usually see from Siakam that first point of contact before he's spinning off a guy OG Ananobi is spinning into these people like he's not creating an edge he's just turning his back to them and then bumping them with his back he puts his left foot down and before he goes up, his back is to the rim. He's spinning, doing a 180 in air, and he managed to put the ball off the glass and in against that ace young. So while those types of shots I don't think are easily replicated, you like the the gumption and the strength that he has to go after it like that. Chris Boucher had a really nice start to the game. I think things kind of fizzled out, and he was having a tough time 
creating anything on offense. His length wasn't granting him the looks that he's used to, I think. But early on, he got into the open spots on the floor. He got to the rim once. It was a really nice dribble drive from the 45 extended on the right wing. He had a, a pump fake, jab step to his right hand, cut across, started dribbling with his left hand, power move, and a finger roll with the right hand at the rim. His length there, big asset. He also hit a three from that same spot that he uh, that he jab stepped from, and that was obviously if Chris Boucher is hitting threes, that's a bonus for the Raptors always. So that was good. And later on, like I said, it was a bit of a, a slog because it's the Bulls did gear up on him because the Raptors they weren't very deep. There's a lot of non NBA talent, let's say, on the Raptors at least in that game, so they could gear up on guys like Ananobi, Boucher, Hollis Jefferson, guys like that, Terrence Davis as well. So Boucher, he was kind of, he didn't have, he doesn't have the strength to push through guys like OG does. He does have the length and the touch to finish well at the rim if he gets there. It was just he had a tough time getting past guys, and he was feeling, I think, the bodies a lot as the game went on and as they geared up on him. But... I thought he had a really, really nice start. I thought he was electric on offense and defense, and he wasn't putting a lot of pick and roll action. He just got to hang out as a help side defender, and he had a decent nose for the ball and a decent nose for defending the rim. So that was interesting. Terrence Davis had a always well, a tough start to the game. He had a way better second half than first half, and the first half was kind of hectic for him. And there's a reason that. It was OG who took the reins. Terrence Davis was able to create more looks in the second half. He kind of worked in the pick and roll doing Hernandez, and that was really nice to see, and Chris Boucher a little bit as well. So that's always nice. And, you know, any any type of progress with Terrence Davis I think is really cool because he's already shown himself to be better than he was suggested to be in the draft when he when he told teams that he wanted to not be drafted. He wanted to pursue as an a free agent, and then decide on the Raptors. He's been a big, bright light for the Raptors, and I think he'll be important for the bench going forward. I don't know how they'll figure him in, if he's going to be working as a combo guard, or they're just going to try and stick him at the one. I'm not super sure, but it's uh, it's interesting going forward for him, and I'm glad he got another extended run in this game. And it's clear that the Raptors do want him to get quite a bit of extended run. A guy who did get extended run that is probably disappointed with how he performed. And, you know, rightly so. I think you could see it as you watch the game. Stanley Johnson is definitely frustrated with his inability to create and finish. And it's just, there is no creation from him. Even against these lesser players, these second string Bulls players, it's just, he's not able to create anything meaningful off the bounce. There is that clumsy, uncoordinated kind of rumble to the rim that he has, kind of like OG, except OG was doing it against people who are bona fide NBA players, Thaddeus Young, Laurie Markinen, guys like that. It's a big difference from OG being able to rumble to the rim against those guys and Stanley Johnson kind of finding it tough to take Ryan RCD Akino into the paint and being surprised at all the help that comes his way and then hectic scenarios ensue from there so it's and he's not he hasn't shot the ball well and you know it's the guy clearly has a ton of talent 
physically he is he's a bull man he's a really big guy he had a huge massive um chase down block that he had no business getting to the athletic prowess is there it's just he's not able to imprint himself on the offensive end and he's probably on for too much money to get cut but I think it's worth saying that I don't know it would be a shame if he gets playing time ahead of guys like Malcolm Miller because I think Malcolm Miller has worked on his game to the point where he can be more valuable to the Raptors than Stanley Johnson can but Stanley Johnson is getting significantly more money because he got drafted really high and people are still biting on that potential so we'll see there Matt Thomas I thought had a really good game he showed a bit of playmaking chops off of the pick and roll there's a really nice side pick and roll that he dropped off to Dewan Hernandez Dewan Hernandez sorry and Dewan Hernandez got an end one and watching Matt Thomas work the side pick and roll if he can get the edge great because shooters usually aren't able to work pick and rolls that well especially the ones who are just specialists but seeing him He's he's got more athleticism to him than you would think. He's got a really a good first step when he's attacking guys from the three point um, arc, and you know that's a good thing. Obviously, he had a couple threes. He had a floater in the lane, one legged kind of a la Steve Nash. So anytime Matt Thomas is going to come in, and he's he's a shot maker for the Raptors, and not in the volume type of sense, but that when he's on the floor because he's not a big-time defender or anything. He's probably closer to a liability on that end. If he's on the floor, it's his job to take and make the open shots that are afforded to him. So he did a good job of taking his shots tonight, and he hit five, five out of ten. And for a Raptors team in this one, that could hardly score at all. And going into the regular season, a bench squad that I think will have a tough time scoring outside of, you know, a Serge Ibaka... Fred Van Vliet pick and roll, it's going to be tough for that lineup to score. I don't know how much Nurse is going to lean on Siakam bench lineups or Lowry bench lineups, but I'm sure it's something we'll see. So if Matt Thomas can come in and punch in a quick 12 points in a regular season game, go 5 of 10 from the floor, I think people will be very happy with that. I know I will be. O'Shea Brissett, he got to showcase some more guard skills in this one. He was kind of pushed into uh, stretch four without the stretch. He's just a small four guy in the games against the Rockets. And he was just playing kind of a wiry defender, trying to get out in transition a little more in those games. In this one, he had a little bit more agency to try and create with mixed results. But it was good to see that from him anyway. I was glad he got run. And that's his game. It seems like it has more polished than Stanley Johnson for example in some aspects but it's just Stanley Johnson's physical prowess gets him into better situations a lot of the time but it's guys like O'Shea Brissett that will while having you know decent showings they're gonna they're gonna suffer from Stanley Johnson probably sticking it out on the team guys like that you don't really get to take a chance on O'Shea Brissett if you're keeping Um, Stanley Johnson in and keeping him in the loop and devoting any type of time on the floor to him that's it's guys like O'Shea Brissett who probably lose out in that in that scenario Ronda Hellas Jefferson had again like a mixed bag because he took a big elbow to the chops early on left the game then had to come back in he 
Kind of similar to Stanley Johnson. He's he's physically there, obviously. He has the NBA body. He's just having a tough time imprinting himself on offense. However, even though Jefferson ended up with zero assists and Stanley Johnson ended up with four, I think Jefferson is the much better passer. And I think we'll probably see that flashes of that as the season goes on and the regular season. I think that Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, this might be a bit too optimistic, but I think he'll do well playing next to Kyle Lowry in a Lowry plus bench lineup. I think he's a smart guy. I think he'll find soft spots in the defense, and Lowry is a savant with the basketball. So we'll see, but I don't have that type of optimism for Stanley Johnson. Devin Robinson... Wow, this is this guy reminds me of Jeremy Evans, the guy who dunked over a painting of himself dunking that he painted. If you guys remember that, really long, really skinny. Derek Jones Jr. is another guy who comes to mind from Miami. It's I think Blake tweeted that he's a torso away from being a really interesting um, NBA player, and yeah, he's you can see it in his thighs and his midsection that he is just very very skinny. So. There was he oozes athletic potential though he's he's a high flyer for sure. There's a lot going on there. There's a lot of action to his game. It's just he's getting bumped off of his spot. Whether it's boxing out, going after it on offense, or getting pushed out of the paint on offense. Even when he's cutting, he can't get from point A to point B because he's getting shoved around. It's just he's not carrying enough weight to really do anything meaningful. That isn't like a help side block or. A breakdown on defense where he's filling the lane, something like that. He did hit a three, but I got to tell you, his mechanics don't look super nice or anything like that. So, yeah. But Dewan Hernandez, I thought, had a really nice game. I really liked his work as a rim protector, and I thought he did a good job finding the dunker spot on offense. And I hope he sticks around on the roster. I think Chris Boucher and... Dewan Hernandez should both get a shot, and Dewan Hernandez, I think, will have very good year end games with the 905, provided that he's there, and I'm excited to see some late game extended minutes for him with the Raptors, if he gets the opportunity. He's got a good nose for finding himself offensive opportunities, and he was, I thought he rebounded really well. I thought he did a really good job cleaning the glass against guys like Wendell Carter Jr., against Cristiano Felicio. There was just a lot to like from him in this one, and that's that's good. Cameron Payne. Cameron Payne kind of reminds me of Patrick McCaw a lot, that there's very severe limitations to his offensive game, and he's not able to create any... Even though he is sometimes a very clever passer, and he, he pushes in transition... It's just when the ball gets swung to him, you can see the defense rest a little bit. And even though he wasn't shy from deep, he's just not good enough from that area to make the defense pay. And anytime you see a defense kind of hanging out once the player gets the ball, that's that's a problem. And Cameron Payne, for all the things that he's you know good at, it's just he's too limited on offense to be a meaningful facilitator or creator so it's just not not that great uh Segaba Kanate he big guy hey he's he's got a lot of weight to him um it's kind of cool that Cristiano Felicio and Kanate got to play against each other that's two pretty heavy set guys banging it out in the post and you know that's 
in a game like this, you're looking for any type of fun that you can get. He had a big dunk, which was really fun, and he showed a lot of emotion, and I think it's cool. Guys like that who definitely won't be making the roster, they get that's a story. You know what I mean? It's He got the drop off, he tomahawked it, threw it down with two hands, and that's... For guys like that, that's a big deal. Isaiah Taylor also came in, and he did kind of nothing. He's He's got a decent handle. He's a quick guy, but he's small. He didn't create much. His pick-and-roll opportunities kept leading to resets. He wasn't able to stir up the defense or create anything, even on the backside of the defense, let alone creating front-side opportunities. It was Nothing was really happening there for him, and that's just not really an NBA guy and that's okay but he he got his opportunity he did his best and that's you know that's what it is the Bulls looked really fun Kobe White I liked a lot man he's got a really really nice shooting stroke it's real. it reminds me of Trey Young a little bit just slower but it's that really really base package shooting straight low dip with the elbow and putting the hand in the cookie jar afterwards it's it's a really smooth jumper Zach Levine looked good. It was he was more he was doing a lot of probing where he could have attacked and he was clearly feeling out the Raptors defense and that was because he he knows he's a, a really good offensive player at this point in his career and he was just kind of seeing how the defense reacted. If he wanted to, he could have poured it in even more so in this game, but that wasn't what he was going after. And he still he shot 9 of 14, had 26 points and he he put the pressure on the Raptors defense. It was when he had the ball, it was like there was always danger with him having the ball. Otto Porter Jr., a little bit underwhelming. I hope he gets back to his best days with the Wizards type of form with the Bulls this year because I think he could be a really, really good complimentary piece to all the guys they have there. Laurie Markinen, I think, is great. I am really excited about what his career means. Wendell Carter Jr. was underwhelming, but his defensive potential will always excite me and I think he I I would like him to become an Al Horford type of player and I don't think that's too far out of reach for him anything else uh Thomas Sadoransky is underrated and I think it'll be cool to see him operate within the Bulls offense this year other things um I guess I'll do the top quick reaction comment from clips I can't see anything anymore I clawed my eyes out after watching this game yeah having to cover this one is you know it's not super fun but it is what it is it's watching basketball we're all just excited for the 22nd to come around and we're gonna watch some some fantastic basketball with Zion Williamson Drew Holiday the best the best player in the whole world actually Drew Holiday and JJ Redick Jackson Hayes a ton of fun players out in New Orleans Brandon Ingram Lonzo Ball the former not being somebody I'm super interested in, the latter being a very, very fun guard to me who, if he figures out his jump shot, can be really interesting because of his defensive potential and his uh, court vision. Um, Yeah, that's coming up. Also, the Nets, they're going to be playing, but that's the last preseason game, and I'm pretty sure Zarrar will be handling the uh, reaction podcast for that one. I have a basketball game to play down here, so... That'll be fun, and I figured it wouldn't be too big a deal because it's preseason, but I'll be doing all the reaction podcasts for the regular season as well. Um, the Hustle Award 
I feel like we'll go to Devin Robinson, the Reggie Evans Award. And I think just a guy who runs that much, jumps that much, that's you deserve it, man. You really get after it. And I, I think it was really fun to watch him do his thing. He had a crazy hook shot, had a big block. He operated as the Kawhi Leonard to Stanley Johnson's Danny Green. They got a double block on Kobe White. And yeah, just a lot of running around, a lot of doing his thing, but fun. And uh, yeah, that's it. The Raptors now 1-2 and two in the preseason, which is meaningless. Um, there's a lot of interesting things happening in with this team. And once the regular season starts and Kyle Lowry is in tow, I'm excited to see what this team does. Because there is a lot of potential for disaster, honestly, especially with the younger guys. Because there isn't like a blue chip prospect. We don't, The Raptors don't have a guy like... Kobe White. The Raptors don't have a guy like Laurie Markkinen. You know what I mean? There's there isn't a blue chip prospect. Even OG Ananobi isn't the same type of prospect as a Kobe White or Laurie Markkinen. Just because both of those guys project to be very big contributors on the offensive end, and OG Ananobi, while is much better defensively than both Markkinen and White isn't seen as the same type of prospect. It doesn't mean he's not a prospect. It doesn't mean he won't be very good. It's just he's different in these types of games because you don't lean on him offensively and find good results. You know what I mean? It's The creation isn't there so much, and it's it makes for a different type of prospect, and it makes for a different type of career because OG will probably likely always be dependent on other creators, whereas Markinen and Kobe White may not. So... Lots of interesting things going forward, man. Thank you for listening, whether it's in the morning or at night. Have a blessed day, and goodbye. The Home Depot has holiday savings of up to 40% on select appliances, like a Whirlpool four-door French door refrigerator for just $15.98. It's perfect for a busy kitchen full of helping hands. That's where its fingerprint-resistant stainless steel finish really shines. Order online and get free delivery. Holiday appliance shopping improved. Up to 40% off select appliances. Now at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Continental U.S. only. While supplies last. Valid through December 2nd. Free delivery on orders $396 or more. Everyone needs more vacation, right? The new United Gateway card knows how to take you away with great travel rewards and no annual fee. Ever. The wait for vacation is over. Tap now or visit unitedgatewaycard.com to apply.